Hey, Valley fans, you're listening to the March to the Arch podcast. Is your team going to win? Make some noise! This is the March to the Arch podcast, your place for Missouri Valley Conference news, talk, and takes. Welcome to episode 22 of the March to Arch podcast in this 2020-2021 season. On today's episode, we are going to cover the last game of the War on 74, and we're going to talk through the games of Sunday, February 21st, and Monday, February 22nd. We've got an awesome guest with us today. As you know, there's one weekend to go in Valley action, so we have Matt Hackman or Hacksaw for those on the message boards, who we talk through Missouri Valley Conference Arch Madness seating probabilities with. Always a fun interview with Matt and love diving into his fandom and and especially the tournament seatings. But before we get into that, how are we doing today, Baker? We're doing great. Vance, what's today's date? It is February 23rd. Do you know what is important on February the 23rd? In relation to what? The world. All right. I feel like you're setting me up for something. Um, it's one day until Kona's birthday. Kona's birthday is tomorrow. Ooh, you're on the right track. Birthday is the right track. Today is actually my mother's birthday. So I want <laughs> oh, okay. to wish my mom a happy birthday on the podcast. So happy birthday, mom. I love you. Baker, I legitimately was like, is there some sort of like national holiday or something <laughs> that I'm supposed to know about? Yeah, it's my mom's sports. birthday. That's a national holiday. I didn't know. Maybe it's Doug Elgin's birthday. I don't know, but um, I thought you were setting me up. All right. Happy birthday, birthday. Um, Mrs. Baker. What else is going on, Baker? Not much. Just uh, ready to uh, talk the Valley games of the week. Uh, we've had... Uh, we only had five this week, so it's a pretty easy uh, show for us to do today, but um, hopefully we make it fun. Absolutely. So let's hop into it. All right, Valley fans, before we hop into games, we did want to talk through kind of just some Valley news. Um, pretty cool thing happened today where uh, there's some changes to Arch Madness. Um, so in specifically – the Missouri Valley Conference Most Outstanding Player of Arch Madness will now be the Doug Elgin Award. I think that is a great thing um, just to commemorate um, and solidify uh, Doug Elgin's legacy in the Missouri Valley Conference. I mean, no-brainer here for the Most Outstanding Player to be the Doug Elgin Award. Thoughts, Baker? Yeah, I love it. Um, I I can't – there's no way you couldn't love it. I mean, if it wasn't for him – Valley Hoops, who knows where it will be today. He's had such a uh, lasting imprint on this league and on Arch Madness itself. So it's nice that every single year that we continue to remember Doug uh, and all the great work that he did as commissioner and kind of send him out on a cool cool note as the uh, as naming that award after him. So I love it. Yeah, me too. It's uh, definitely something I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to this year and, and all Arch Madnesses into the future. Uh, before we jump into games also, there was a schedule change for Arch Madness. Um, so uh, the semifinals uh, due to TV are now at 12 noon 
on Saturday, March the 6th. And then um, the next semifinal game will be at 3 p.m. And once again, that's just a change for TV. They were in the evening. I think it was like 5 and 7 were the previous times. But they are now at noon and 3 o'clock. So let's get into games, Baker. And you know what? Um, the last game of the War on 74, one that I'm sure you're very um, excited about the outcome on, where the ISU Redbirds um, swept the War on 74, beating Bradley 88-71. Um, once again, just, I mean, for lack of a better term, Bradley is, uh, there's a lot of up in the air here. Um, I'd say they're somewhat reeling with some uh, players being out. Um, this was Jay Sean Henry's uh, first game back. Um, after being out for a game. Um, but essentially, I mean, Illinois State had a, had a three-point lead going in halftime, but then just beat the brakes off of Bradley in the second half. Um, as the resident Redbird fan, uh, kind of thoughts around this, Baker? That was awesome. Um, I'm not, there's no other way to put it. How, how awesome was this? Um, to sweep Bradley, I know it's been a really tough year for ISU fans, and uh, I think I speak for all of us that say that this was a nice silver lining on the season. Um, and to do it without DJ Horn, who's arguably the best player on the team, which is, I think that's even more impressive. I know Bradley was shorthanded, but, um, you know, Washington was so good. Um, he had, he kind of had like a little bit of a, I don't know if it was a breakout game, but I think that he kind of put the rest of the league on notice that, hey, there's, there's another, there's another really good young player on this team. And yeah, just to um, recap I mean, that, I mean, Washington, even, had... even watching the game, it just feels like, no, go ahead. Yeah, Washington had, uh, 20 points, Josiah Strong had 18, Dedrick Boyd had 18, Reeves chipped in 13. I mean, it was just a really uh, a strong offensive game uh, for some of your younger players. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, Boyd was awesome. He And he's been kind of like – this season's kind of been a weird season for Boyd, and it was really nice to see him have that big game. When when Illinois State scores a lot of points, they're a really tough team to beat. Like, I'm, I, I know that they're struggling. I know they're only 4-12 and 12 in the league, but, I mean – you saw it Southern Illinois and when Illinois state put up a lot of points against them. And if, if Illinois state scores the basketball, they're a really good team. Um, so no, I was a Redbird fan, super happy about this. I, I, uh, I, it was, gave me a lot of hope, especially seeing some of the young guys as for Bradley. Um, I don't know. What do you say? They, uh, I mean, it's nice that they have McAdoo back. He's playing, he's, he's playing pretty well as he's finally, uh, back on the floor. It's good to see Henry's back. Um, it's really hard to say much about Bradley just with the unknown of the other three. Um, and that's, that's a, I mean, that's the elephant in the room, Bradley. I mean, we're not going to sit here and speculate cause we don't know the whole story around it, but um, if this is the team that they're going to St. Louis with, without those three, um, I, I have a hard time believing they're going to win a game. Yeah, I think it'd be an early exit for them. So uh, we'll get into that uh, a little bit later on with uh, Hacksaw, where their first games uh, might be at. But uh, let's move on to games that have actually been played. So starting off with the Sunday-Monday series, uh, like Baker said, there's only four games to preview. So pretty quick, quick one here. We'll start off with Evansville at Drake um, in the first game. Evansville lost uh, 71 to 85. The Purple Aces had an early lead, but uh, Drake was lights out shooting in the first half, shooting 78%, and they had a 17-point lead heading into halftime. In the second half, uh, pretty much uh, Drake just maintained and held on to win. Um, this was an uh, the obvious low light of the game was with about 17 minutes to go in the second half. Roman Penn 
um, went out with a foot injury and we later learn it is uh, season ending and we'll get into that a little bit after we preview these games. Um, but really, you know, it kind of opened up the door for uh, Yesifu. Um, I mean, in the first half, he had 16 points. And then uh, in the second half, he uh, completed his career high 32 for the game. He was 12 of 14 from the field. And that included going five of seven from three point land uh, for the Purple Aces. Givens had 19. Coolman had 13, all of which were in the first half. And he didn't score in the second half. In that second game, um, this was really the game that I would say I was looking at and a lot of Valley fans were going to look at um, just to see where Drake was at after getting that news that Roman was going to be done for the season, right? I think this is one that could have gone two ways, and um, I think that it was the best case scenario for Drake. Um, so it was a different start of the game for Evansville um, because they did have a, a four-point halftime lead. Um, Drake was up five with uh, seven to go in that first half, but the Aces rattled off a 16 to seven run to have that halftime lead. Kuhlman had three three pointers, um, but Yesifu kept it going from the night before and had 18 in that first half. Uh, in the second half, uh, the Bulldogs called back and tied it and then took the lead um, within the first four minutes of that second half. The Bulldogs extended it out to double digits um, when the Purple Aces offense pretty much went to a standstill. Aces didn't um, they didn't give up and they got it to under 10 with under three minutes to go but that lead was just unsurmountable um, for the Purple Aces and Drake ended up winning by 11 74 to 63 um, highlight of this game again in the next night was Yesifu had uh, 36 points beating his career high from the night before um, he had five three-pointers Sturts had 12 DJ Wilkins had 11 um, Givens had 17 and Kuhlman had 16 with Jawan Newton also throwing in 14. The Purple Aces have lost six straight games. Yeah, this was uh God, what a tough one. Uh, losing Roman Penn, who, I mean, I had his player of the year up until this point. Um, I don't know if he'll still get it. Um, I kind of doubt it now that I think he's probably still going to get first team honors, but um, not playing the full season, probably taking him out of the mix of that, which is too bad. Um, on the flip side, Yesifu, um, it, he took over. He and especially in that second game when, um, when Evansville, I think it was they were up by what five at halftime, something like that. They it, when he took over, he just took over in the second half. He was getting rebounds. He was he was scoring the basketball. Will he was just awesome. Um, I was so impressed with him as he kind of tries to take that Roman Penn role because, like, listen, Roman Penn's not coming back. Um, Tank Hemphill might. Roman Penn's not. So. Um, yes, of who has to be that guy for them. Um, I think it's impossible to replace Roman Penn, but um, yes, who's going to do a really good job because he's really good. And I think I, I, when I think about yes, I wonder how the heck did he get a state of Illinois, which that's another <laughs> deal entirely, but um, really tough. The aces fought him hard, but um, Drake took care of business. I'm, I think that we're going to know more about Drake this weekend when they, uh, kind of get past the shock of losing one of their best players. Um, but I'm curious on your thoughts on this. Looking at Drake's roster, um, taking Penn and Hemphill out of it, um, I think they're a clear number two. I don't think – I think they're on another – I think they're on a second tier. Absolutely. Well. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, the, if they hold um, serve against uh, Bradley um, – 
I mean, they will be the one seed, and we talk about that with Matt here in a little bit. But um, I'm with you. I mean, I think you got to notch them below Loyola standings uh, aside. I'm honestly for a two big Valley. Um, I, for lack of a better term, I'm ecstatic they're playing Bradley this weekend. Um, low, I mean, low lower risk team i mean there's no easy win, easy out in valley right now but if it's going to be an easy out i think it's bradley right now where we stand oh. in the season i think any team if you're going to play anyone in the league right now you'd want to play bradley i don't think there's any doubt in my mind um especially if you know those three aren't going to play uh yeah it's gonna be tough and now i now i think the worrisome for valley fans who are hoping for that multiple bids is like looking at drake it's like did this take you does this give the excuse to the committee to leave you out of it like i'm in my mind i'm thinking man tank you got to come back like you've got to be healthy by selection sunday and that's i know it sounds hard i'm not trying to be harsh on the kid because i know you know it it was it was interesting matthew bain had a tweet the other day the beat writer for in des moines he had a tweet the other day with uh the two leading scorers for drake sitting on the bench in boots and it was just heartbreaking to see it because this team could have won this this was a team that could have you know, based on matchups, could have got to a sweet 16. Like, that's how good this Drake team is. And now it's like, yeah, maybe they can still make the tournament, but, God, they're going to they're gonna need the perfect matchup. Now, it, like, it changes everything. And it's so I, – I, you know, your heart breaks for the two, the two kids, but even Drake fans, it's just brutal. I know. I mean, just <laughs> – when are they going to get um, – stop getting uh, hit by the injury bug? I mean, it's just – I hate it for Drake fans. Um, I mean – top of the mountain and then an injury happens and it feels like it's we're replaying you know xyz injury from past two seasons yeah. so all no right doubt about it. yeah let's uh move on to the other series uh, this was valpo traveling to the banterra center um against the southern illinois salukis in the first game uh, valparaiso one by one um, 66 to 65 um as the resident saluki fan this was a very frustrating game um, after a great offensive half for the Salukis, they had a five-point lead into halftime. Um, and then a three by Clay and a layup by Agnosovic tied it up in the second half with uh, about seven minutes to play. Then it was back and forth, the layups galore for both teams. I mean, it was one of those that watching this game, like, can we just get a stop here? And so, I mean, that, it, and we just couldn't. It was just – it was a layup drill uh, for both teams, really. It was just kind of a – just a – rough second half um and then uh so basically Valparaiso had a I believe three-point lead um and then neither team uh scored in the last uh three and a half minutes or I guess they would have had a one-point lead and neither team scored in the last three and a half minutes of the of the second half of this game I mean oh and then there's the play at the very end of the game um SIU had the ball 10 seconds to go um Valpo um, smartly fouled uh, to cut down some of the time. Um, SIU ran an inbounds play from the baseline. And I, I, I truly think that if uh, Verplanken goes up with his left hand, we win that game because uh, he makes a layup. Um, if not, and he was blocked by Clay um, when he used his right hand. Great block by um, Valparaiso. Great defense down the stretch for Valparaiso. I mean, SIU had every chance to score in the last three and a half minutes, and I guess so did Valpo. But it was just – it was one of those is SIU kind of had to lead the whole game up until the last seven minutes and um, just went stagnant. So that's about that for game one. Um, game two, um, great bounce back win. Um, SIU's really good in the second game of uh, this two-game series. Um, our friend of the show, Harry, was on the call, so that was pretty cool to see on ESPN+. But SIU won 
Uh, Valparaiso came out hot. They had the first seven points and were up as much as nine in the first half. Uh, but Valpo had offensive woes the rest of the half, um, allowing the Salukis to take a six-point lead. Um, then the Salukis joined Valparaiso, and neither team scored for the last four minutes of the first half. So just to recap, uh, no team scored in the first or in the last three and a half minutes of the game the day before, and neither team scored for the last four minutes in the first half of the second game. Um, Valpo cut into the lead in the second half, but the Salukis extended their lead out to 12. Um, then as a fan, it got really frustrating again. Uh, we were up 11 with uh, three minutes to go, and uh, we just couldn't make free throws, Baker. Uh, this allowed Valparaiso to get it within four um, with under three to go. Uh, but the Salukis did make it, um, make enough free throws to keep it out of reach uh, for Valparaiso. And uh, Valparaiso hit a three at the buzzer to get it to that final um, three-point win for the Salukis, winning 67-64. Um, as I mentioned, uh, SIU really good um, in game two of, of these two game series. Um, five of Salukis, five Saluki players were in double digits. Uh, Lance Jones had 21, Verplanken had 12, Philwich had 11. Banks and Harvey had 10, and for Valparaiso, uh, yellow and gold, Cricky had 15. Um, also, kind of funny to note, SIU didn't have a foul until the last six minutes of the second half. Um, I don't think it was like refs or anything like that. It was just more of the style of game, but it was, it was funny. Harry chimed in uh, with six minutes to go in the game. Uh, yeah, this is SIU's first foul of the uh, second half. <laughs> so, um, anyway... Saluki fan, I, uh, as the Saluki fan, you know, I, I thought it was going to be a split, um, and it was. Um, it keeps us out of what I think will be 10th place. Um, th that's what we needed, uh, but we, we do need help because I don't think we're going to get it first Loyola. Um, but, yeah. It was uh, – if you're a Saluki fan, you, should, you, would, you probably are looking back at that first game with a ton of regret um especially the end of that game and how it went um really tough tough ending to that game good defense by Valpo but like you said um you wish you would have got a better a better look a couple there was a couple because I think they fouled him a couple times on that last look anyway um because I think Valpo had a couple fouls to give if I'm if I remember right yep um which definitely led to your offense kind of losing any rhythm that you could have gained by setting something up yourself so it kind of mucked it up a little bit, which is, I mean, it's smart on Valpo's part, and they play good defense to Buck. Um, in the second game, good good for the Salukis to get that win at home. Um, you just, uh, you know, I guess I guess you don't – neither team wanted a split. Both these teams wanted a sweep because I think they both try to avoid Thursday the best they could. Um, looks like Valpo's still in pretty good shape to avoid Thursday. It looks like Southern's probably relegated to Thursday no matter what. So, um, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. And uh, – yeah, a couple tough matchups for both this weekend. Absolutely. All right, Valley fans, we are excited to have returning guest uh, from last season, Matt Hackman. If you're not familiar with Matt, um, if you're a Valley fan at all and follow any Twitter or any of the message boards, you know him at either MJ Hackman on Twitter or Hacksaw on all of the Missouri Valley uh, message boards out there. I would say he's uh, relatively famous in the Valley uh, circles. I don't know if he would say that, but um, I know I would because I've been following his work for multiple seasons as a Valley fan. But he's the one that does the Arch Madness seating probabilities. So, Matt, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. How about you, Vance? 
I cannot complain um, at the time of the recording. So it is February 23rd. We have 10 games remaining. And according to Matt, we have 1,024 scenarios of where Arch Madness can land. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. It's uh, it's that time of year again. It didn't come up quick. It did. The back-to-backs really kind of led into that in my mind. I mean, um, before we get in kind of semantics, because I do want to jump into what doing back-to-backs is like on a day-to-day basis, uh, maybe let's remind the listeners, um, if they didn't listen to last year's, of give us a recap of your Valley fandom and what, what got you into doing seeding probabilities. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, I, uh, I was a UNI alum, uh, but back when I was still in school there, we, uh, me and some friends of mine were trying to determine when we were going to head down to St. Louis to watch some tournament games. And uh, it just happened to be a situation where UNI was kind of on that cusp of six, seven. Are we going to go down Thursday for the games? Or are we going to just head down Friday morning? What, what's our plan? And uh, so I, uh, you know, kind of figured I'd try to figure it out. What, what, what needs to happen here? What, uh, what, what's going to happen? And then how is that going to affect you? And I see, and so I kind of just started working it out. And at that point in time, it was, uh, I think I was only working out the last 32 scenarios. So just, uh, just a small little project at the time, but still enough. And then it kind of grew from there. I figured, you know, let's expand it a little more. Let's, let's go the last, uh, the last two sets of games for the conference. And then, you know, it kept growing a little bit every year. It was then it was the last uh, last 15 total conference games, and then you know now it, I've uh, over the last few years I've added simulations to it. So you know we're ju- we're just running it the whole entire conference season, and uh, it's great. I I, I love uh, the analytics and the stats behind it, and it kind of coincides with uh, uh, work that I do as well. And it's uh, it's really enjoyable for me, and I if anybody else is enjoying it as well and getting use out of it, all the better. I think we can confirm everyone's getting use out of it. You're on a podcast talking about it. There's other Valley fans that always reply to everything on Twitter, on the message board. So you have a, I, I don't know if cult following is the right word, but let's just call it a cult following. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's get into it. Um, like I said, uh, 10 games left. Uh, over a thousand scenarios from where I see it today on February 23rd, Drake or Loyola are going to be one or two seed. We don't know um, as of right now, but unless one of them slips up in the last two games, um, likely be uh, Drake as the number one due to the tiebreaker. And then Missouri State and Indiana State are likely going to be the three or four seed, and uh, that could be interchangeable as well. But five through 10 are kind of relatively all over the place. Um, kind of, you know, get your thoughts on the season and where we're at today with uh, 10 games to go. Yeah, uh, obviously this season's been kind of a roller coaster for a lot of teams. You know, there's been a lot of injuries and, you know, unexpected suspensions. And there's, there's just a lot going on here that and nobody kind of thought would come into play here. And, you know, that kind of changes your uh, outlook on the season for a lot of teams in a hurry. So, uh, uh, you know, some teams, uh, Loyola, for one, seems to be living up to their preseason expectations. They expect to be near the top here and competing for the top. And that, uh, I mean, I, I know a lot of Drake fans expected to be near the top, but uh, not a lot of the rest of the Valley may have thought that they were going to be there. But they, that team has really come together and played well. And even the adversity here of losing their guards over the last uh, couple weeks, and they're, they're, they're still looking like a pretty solid team. So... Uh, they're doing they're doing great. Missouri State's reaching their potential of 
you know, with the, with the, you know, first team players that they have there. And Indiana State's obviously no slouch either. These, these teams belong in the top four. I mean, they're, they're a clear top four of the Valley Athens. And then you have a gigantic jumbled mess. And I was looking, I just right here before our, uh, our pod, I was looking over the last five years and there has never been a situation over the last five years where we didn't have at least one, if not two teams locked into a Thursday night game with, uh, with 10 total conference games to go. So oh, wow. this is, this, this is the first is time. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely nuts. Uh, it's, there's, there's always one, if not two teams locked into Thursday by this point of the season. And you know what? Every single one of these bottom six could make it out of Thursday if things go their way. It's, oh, it's, and we'll, we'll talk about that because <laughs> there's a certain team in normal Illinois I want to ask about. But before we do that, I just want to make sure uh, for our listeners and kind of Vance touched on it, um, just to kind of get away, the top four is kind of set. We know who the top four are going to be. The one and two, basically, um, Drake controls their destiny. Drake wins out. They get the number one seed. Um, the only way Loyola can get it is to sweep or win one and Drake has to fall in their two games. But um, there's no, there's nothing, nothing mysterious going on there. It's basically um, Drake two wins. They got it. It's over. Um, is that the same, same thing with Missouri state as well? Yeah. So Drake holds the tiebreaker over Loyola due to this year. They added a new modified tiebreaker system to account for fewer non-conference games and the possibility of game cancellations during the conference season. So the modified tiebreaker this year after head to head, which was a split between Drake and Loyola would then fall to best win. And so Drake has a win over in, or has two wins over Indiana state, whereas Loyola split with Indiana state. And so therefore Drake would have better wins than Loyola. Um, and that is a, that's a Valley tiebreaker just this year. Um, we'll, we'll see uh, what, if they decide to go back to removing that for next year or how that all plays out. But at the moment, that's, uh, that's what I understand for this year. Um, so that means that Drake with a better record than Loyola is seated ahead of them or with the same record as Loyola is seated ahead of them. So Loyola's only chance is to have more wins than Drake to get that one seed. Um, when you're talking then, uh, Missouri State and Indiana State. Uh, Missouri State's looking pretty strong for that three seed, uh, right? I believe they have a sweep of Indiana State as well yep. on their hands. So, therefore, Indiana State has to finish ahead of them in the standings. So, That's the only way they can, the they only can way, yeah. bump ahead of them. Yep. So, Missouri State losing to Indiana State losing or winning to this weekend is the only way for them to flip from the three four. Gotcha. So it's a, it's pretty straightforward, at least for the top four, which is, it's just nice going to Arch Madness. But yeah, like you said, the jumbled mess at the bottom. I mean, it was a, when I was doing my power rankings last week, it was just like, I don't know who's five through 10. It's just, I can't, how do you decide between these teams? Um, just kind of, just kind of looking at it, it looks like, you know, based on your last one you sent out, it looks like Evansville and Valpo kind of have the, uh, I don't know, kind of have the inside track on uh, avoiding Thursday night. Um, your thoughts on their path? I mean, have you uh, have you kind of dialed into their scenarios at all of, of kind of what they're looking for, you know, win wise, or is it is is it basically both of them win out and they're they're safe avoiding Thursday? Yeah. So Evansville and Belpo uh, at the moment are in the situation which is great that they have one additional win than any of those bottom four teams. So that gives them the heads up on 
on anything. Uh, uh, so, sorry, distraction there. Uh, that gives them the heads up on all they all they needed to do was uh, just stay with the additional wins up in <laughs> across any of those other four uh, four teams there below them. So uh, yeah, and just looking at it here, Valpo with a sweep or Evansville with a sweep obviously gets them in. Um, Evansville, yeah, either one of them though going one and one gets them into some multi-team tiebreaker where they may be in the clear or they may fall back into the Thursday night games depending on how the other So winning one game for either of them does not actually lock them into Friday. So they're still basing – so they're still going to fall into that tiebreaker race, basically. Yep. And similar to the one that we talked about at the top where it's basically how good is your record type of thing uh, for those teams at the bottom, same same type of deal? Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it potentially falls into that who is your best win against, but it also falls into the how many teams are in this tiebreaker. For instance, if it's a three-team tiebreaker, how many wins do you have against the other two teams? Or if it's a four-team tiebreaker, how many do you have against those other three teams? And then it kind of breaks you out based on how many wins you have against the group tied teams. Gosh, this is a lot. Um, this it's is so much, it, so much It's a good different. way to say jumbled mess. I, yeah, and it, yeah. I know, I know. Um, so I'm now, – now the fanboy is going to come out of me. That's fine. It is what it is. Um, so let's talk about the Redbirds. They, uh, they have a 3% chance of avoiding Thursday night, which is – a miracle if you've been paying attention to the Redbird season. Um, can you just uh, can you give me a some hope? Like, what should I be looking for as a Redbird fan going into this weekend? What do I obviously I need to get a sweep, but what else do I need to cheer for? Because I'll be honest with you, Matt. Um, looking at it, I'm 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 I don't know what I'm cheering for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you uh, you definitely need the sweep. Um, without the sweep. It's, it's a which we're going to get. We'll get that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> See, we already got that part. <laughs> so once you get the sweep, then uh, I, I mean, I'd, I'd have to get back to you on this a little bit deeper, but I, I know that, let's see. So four wins. So then you've got, you've got two teams already with six wins. So yeah, you can't have both of them with a win. So at minimum, one of them has to go 0 and two, if not both. Um, yeah, it, and then you can't have any of the teams with five wins go two and zero oh for the sweeps. So yeah, it's a there's there's a little bit of yeah, it's possible. So, so basically, so what you're saying, we're going to know a lot more on Friday night after the first games are played, whether or not Illinois State still has any scenarios left. I feel like I feel like I don't know if you're a big Marvel guy, but I feel like you're you're Doctor Strange of the of the Valley Universe, and you're just standing there like there's there's one. <laughs> Good one. And Matt will not be uh, rooting for you at all, Baker, because I'm well aware of that. That's why I gave him. That's why I brought up that we're going to sweep him. So, yeah, yeah, about that. I love it. No, this is cool. This is awesome. I and 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 kind of repeating what Vance said. I mean, I, I we've been following your. I mean, I remember we at work. Vance would bring me down a printed off sheet of paper before the final final weekend, just to say, hey, here's the scenarios. They just came out. Matt just released them. Um, it, it no, these are awesome. I are you just is this. Is this something that, like, you, you've kind of transitioned to other leagues? And I was wondering, is that something – because obviously you have, you've got a Valley base, but is that something you enjoy getting deeper into some of the other conference tournaments? 
Yeah, I do. I, I mean, I, uh, I'm located here in central Iowa, so there are a lot of Iowa fans. There are a lot of Iowa State fans. And in fact, there's, there's actually a lot of Creighton fans around here. So that kind of that kind of really resonates with why I'm also trying to cover the Big Ten, Big 12, and Big East. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, uh, I mean, I think uh, these friends of mine just kind of saw what I was doing for the Valley, and they're like, hey, hey, help, help us out, dude. Come on, uh, why can, can you do a little bit more of this for some of these other conferences? And, and I enjoy it. It's uh, Logically, each of them has a little bit different of a tiebreaker, um, you know, procedure, but once you get it built, it's pretty easy to update your except for this year where we have to now modify it and each of these other leagues is potentially going to have game cancellations they're not going to get their full conference slate and so you got to do some modification from you know not total win counts anymore to more of a winning percentage and there's just a lot of little minor things that kind of go into this to see if you know they've reached their quota of games played and stuff like that so uh, this year's been a little bit more of a challenge just to kind of make those adjustments to the models but uh, in general, it's just a matter of loading the games and loading the results and it just spits out the data. And I, uh, I sometimes fancy it up a little bit, but most of it's in a pretty good form and I'll just send it out to the masses. And if, you, uh, if it catches on and people enjoy it, great. And if not, I'm not out anything either. So I know, there, I know there's always a couple of people that uh, that will let me know that they, they appreciated it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it truly is the American dream, right? There was a problem you needed to fix. And that was Thursday night. Do we go down Thursday or Friday? Came up with a solution. And now there's just masses that, you know, follow you along. And at least valley masses that uh, follow you along, us two included. Um, And we appreciate it. Like I said, I've been following it for a really long time, um, trying to solve the same, hoping SIU is not playing on Thursday most years. Um, but yeah, I, I, we thank you and we love having you on and we've got you penciled into this, uh, slot pretty much every season. We always like having you on, you know, right before the last scenarios, uh, come out. So I know Friday nights, um, I will be looking forward to what I need to root for on Saturday, uh, to keep Baker's Redbirds in 10th place and my Salukis out of it. Um, but I know Bradley, um, is also sniffing uh, 10th place as well. So, um, Thanks again for coming on to the uh, March to Arch podcast. Once again, Matt Hackman or Hacksaw uh, across the message boards and on Twitter, MJ Hackman. Matt, anything else? No, you got it. Uh, it's great to be here. And I'm, I'm actually a little bit disappointed with the back-to-back here in the last weekend. I, uh, that, that great, colorful little last 32 scenario chart usually comes out on Wednesday night and you got three or four days to try and digest it. But uh, this, this year, you're only just going to have that coming out on Friday night, and it's there for the games on Saturday. So are you going to release that, though, on, on yeah, Friday I'll, night I'll, then? I'll send, I'll send it out Friday oh, night. Can't then. wait. That's good. That, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that now because it's I, like I, – and, and I know that Vance not going to – like we are so excited whenever that came out every single year. Like Vance is like, yeah, here it is. Here we go. <laughs> and I'm just always looking. And obviously, I always look for that, that Illinois State. Okay, where's our scenarios at? Let's see what happens. There's there a sigh is. of relief coming out of color printers across uh, Valley communities <laughs> um, that they won't have to be working as hard, uh, you know, from a Wednesday through. A Saturday slate um, and multiple opportunities. You know, maybe people are only printing one. So, you know, but the, the color ink industry is uh, hurting, at least in our communities. There we go. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again. And uh, looking forward to uh, Friday night when they come out. Yep. Sounds great. I'll, I'll have them out. We'll see you guys.
All right, Valley fans, like we do every week, we're going to do power rankings before we start previewing the games. You just heard us talk with Matt Hackman, uh, talk about probabilities, so I know we're excited to get into them. But let's see where Baker thinks the power rankings stand as of February 23rd. Okay, so as of uh, February 23rd, my mom's birthday, by the way, um, we are going to start with the Loyola Ramblers at number one, which I think that they're on their own special tier at the top. Um, with the injuries to the Penn and Hemphill until uh, Tank comes back, I think that there is a clear first tier and second tier. So uh, starting off that second tier is the Drake Bulldogs at number two. Um, I think they're just – I think it's a clear one and two. There's, they're not – the argument's, I think, gone, in my opinion. Um, but we wish both teams nothing but the best this weekend. At number three, I'm going to go with the Indiana State Sycamore still. Uh, slightly ahead of Missouri State. I think if those two teams play today, it would be an awesome matchup. But – um, slight edge to Indiana State over Missouri State. And then we've got the 5 through 10 fun. Um, ugh. All right, I'm just going to go through these quick, and here we go. Uh, at, number, at number five, I'm going to go Valpo. At number six, right now, I – God. Yeah, you know what? Screw Baker. it. They won two out of three. Illinois, Illinois State at number six. Um, at number seven, Evansville at number eight, Northern Iowa at number nine, Southern Illinois, and at number 10, Bradley. I don't know. Like, I don't think any of those teams are <laughs> – like, I have Illinois State at six, and trust me, they're not the sixth best team, but – Based on how these teams have played lately, I guess they've they've won two out of three, Vance. I mean, that's more than a lot of teams can say. Um, I 100 percent laugh. Yeah, in the you face can you can make point. an argument. You, <laughs> okay. you can make an argument if you want. Go for it. I. All right, let's start at the top, um, and we'll work our way down. Um, <laughs> Loyola Drake makes sense. Um, I thought you might have. Um, jumped Drake just in a forward-looking projection, uh, knowing that, well, this is not forward-looking. It's um, power rankings as of a date and time, but as in this date and time, Roman Penn is out. So I thought you might drop Drake, but um, I, I probably would have pushed back on that just because Yesifu no, yes, stepped awesome, in. Yep, dude. yep, I think that's what kept him there. Um, I actually had written down Missouri State ahead of Indiana State. Um, no, like – real like there, there's nothing glaring that I was like you know what that's what I that's what I think will happen but Indiana State relies so much heavily on Tyree Key um, as does Missouri State with um, Prim and Mosley but I mean um, I, I think Indiana State's a Tyree Key game away from getting beat um, almost easily if uh, that's a that's a bad way to or if that's a that's how I'm gonna phrase it is if he has a bad night Indiana State could get beat pretty easily. Both, both teams have pretty good depth around them, I think, um, that I think we're not talking about enough. Uh, but there are both teams have two guys at the top, a post and a guard, that carry the load for both teams. I mean, you can make the case for Missouri State for sure. They swept them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's the thing people forget. Indiana State got swept by Missouri State. So, um, I don't know. You can, yep, that's, I, that's I, the only I can't, one. I, I can't argue too hard with you on that one. That's yep. super close. Um, but while we're on Indiana State, um, you know – I agree 100% with um, Harry's article on uh, his website earlier this week. Um, I, I think all Valley fans should go read that. It should be required reading. 
um, in my opinion right now. I don't want to get into specifics at all, so I'm going to keep moving on. But I did want to plug it that he hit a home run on that article, and I think it is a must-read for any Valley fan, so go check that out. Um, moving on, um, so you had Valpo, then <laughs> Illinois State. Um, interesting that you had Valpo at five and then Illinois State, but then SIU just beat Valpo and only lost by one to them, and you have them at nine. That's really where I laughed at the Illinois State. It's just how high you have Valpo and then how low you have SIU because – um, no offense, Baker, you just played Bradley, which is easily the worst team right now in the Valley uh, due to their their people being out. So I'm going to go ahead and just chalk that up to that's a homer pick of uh, Illinois State at six in the power rankings, and I'm happy to move whoa, on unless whoa, you want whoa, 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 to argue it. No, 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 no. You're not getting away with that. Um, Illinois State a week ago went to Southern Illinois and beat the brakes off of the Solskis. Yes, and, yes, did. you did get the split, but yep. the combined score was better. So – um, that's why I have Illinois State that much further ahead. I mean, there's, Illinois State right now is playing. If you look at the way Illinois State's been playing their last few games compared to the way Southern Illinois is playing their last few games, Illinois State's playing better. I'm sorry. I, I do. I think they're the tenth, the sixth best team in the league. No, I don't. But, way but as of people, today, you do. As of right today, now, you Illinois do. State's just had two. Right as of today, Illinois State's the sixth best team in the in the league. Do I think that overall they are? No, I don't. But what I'm saying is they are playing – they just put up 80-plus points twice in their last – the last two – the two of the last three games. Correct? Okay. Am I wrong? You're not wrong, but you're playing – you've okay, played so- Bradley, who's the worst team in the conference as of right now, and SIU, who I don't argue with you, is the next to the last. So, of course, great. Okay, then tell numbers. me who I – but, to, okay, then make an argument for somebody who should be ahead of Illinois State as of as what they've done lately. Evansville. Uh, Evansville, who's how many have they lost in a row? Six, like six. Okay, okay, yeah. Make that argument for me. You and I, six in a row. I think both teams. Okay, I, I can't get on board with. I, and you I just, know what? You and I has their chance. You and I has their chance to to show them show them how show them what's up this weekend. I, I'm I look. It's uh, is it is it partially homer? Sure, but I mean, it's not like I can't make a good argument. You can make a good argument for anybody. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's that's fine. You can you can have your. Um, I just think the gap between <laughs> Illinois State and SIU is um, large. Um, anyway, it's uh, large. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, isn't it should be closer? Yes. Okay, I disagree, but okay. All right, um, Evansville, Northern Iowa, SIU, and Bradley. Um, no issue there. Other than Illinois State okay. being a, a, above the cut line. Um, anyway. All right. <laughs> this might have been the most contentious I think we've been <laughs> this season. <laughs> I mean, after after the top four, what's it matter? <laughs> Here's what I think is we're both trying to t- call each other ugly, and who's the most ugly is pretty much what we're trying to say about our team. <laughs> so true. So true. I'm with you. I'm with you. Those have been the power rankings, folks. I'm glad you enjoyed them. All right, um, <laughs> Baker and I are going to move on to the Friday-Saturday games, the last 10 games of the season. Baker, you know, before we get into this, can you believe we're gonna, each team's going to play 18 Valley games? 
fingers crossed. I don't want to. I don't until we until we get through it. I don't want to say that, but I mean the fact that we've that we've made it through sixteen apiece and we've gotten to this point is just remarkable. And so hats off to the valley. They were super proactive throughout the year about changing up schedules and everything like that. And I know we're Valley homers, but screw it. That's what our, we were Valley podcast. Who cares? I think <laughs> yeah. they've done an awesome job. I think they did a great job maneuvering through the season. Absolutely. You know, like going back to the Valpo Bradley series where they kind of split it up, even though it was a, um, it wasn't a one and done game. They split up the two games just to kind of give them a breather in between. I love what they did. I thought this was uh, really smart. And then you look at the other leagues in the country and, I mean, there's going to be other teams. Uh, Matt talked about it when we talked to Hexaw. He was saying how, you know, there's other leagues that aren't going to play their full schedule. And the Valley is. So hats off to them. It's, it's awesome. I'm, I'm just proud of it. I mean, I even know at the preseason, I think we did over under 18 Valley games. And I, I was like, there's no way we're playing 18. But I think a lot of it has to do with what was going on in the nation at the time. But I, I am ecstatic that we don't have weird tiebreakers uh, going on in the sense of you have an unbalanced schedule in the tiebreakers. Yes, we still have some tiebreakers that are going to play in, so that we've already talked about with Hexall. You know what they should do for next year? If they're looking for a new – if they want to change the tiebreakers again, just look at my power rankings, and that can be their new tiebreaker. Oh, boy. That would be criminal if they did that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Let's start off with um, – let's just do Drake and Bradley. Um, so, two-game series, uh, all teams playing uh, Friday, Saturday. Um, yeah, I, I think Drake is going I'm, to I'm – we talked about it in the Drake game preview. I'm glad they're playing Bradley just for the keep the two-bid two valley uh, hopes alive. Based on the roster that I believe Bradley will play this weekend, Drake will sweep them. Um, if Bradley, if, if something happens and maybe they get some of their guys back, which, listen, neither you and I have any information on that, so um, don't take our word for it. But um, if for some reason something changes and some of those guys get a chance to play, um, I could see Bradley getting a split at home. But um, as, uh, until I hear otherwise, I don't think there's any doubt Drake's winning, the, winning both games. One key here is, and this happened, and I don't, I did not say this in the um, Evansville Drake uh, overview, is that Brody has gotten in foul trouble really quick um, in games and has had to sit on the bench. He can't do that in this series because uh, I think he can be a game changer just due to the lineup that Bradley, that we think will put out there. He can be the game changer. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, moving down, uh, Missouri State and Evansville. Um, Missouri State, I mean, going to Evansville at the Ford Center, um, I, I, I truly think the top four are going to sweep just, and we're going to go in just like we think it's going to happen um, in the current uh, Hackman uh, probability. So I'll take Missouri State for two. Evansville gets one. They're going to win the second of the two, to be more specific, and they will avoid Thursday. Ooh, I like that take. That's a, that's a nice take, Baker. Um, because right. Missouri State's going to win the first one, and they're not going to need the second one. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Um, all right. We have the Indiana Open, Indiana State going to Valparaiso. Uh, this is actually a really interesting uh, series because Valpo um, can avoid Thursday um, with uh, um, a sweep here. So, I, 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 I'll go split. Indiana State drops one. Indiana State sweeps them. I think Indiana State's going to keep it rolling going into Arch Madness. 
and they are going to be an extremely scary team when we get to St. Louis. Yeah, I don't, Indiana State's been down for a while, like hasn't played, and Valpo has been playing. That's that's really the premise of my uh, my split here is I think they are playing pretty well. Um, totally all right, we've got SIU um, going to Loyola. Um, we've got Mullins uh, visiting um, his uh, former employer. I don't think it's going to go well, um, and I think the Ramblers win too. Southern Illinois will lock up the 10 seed. Stop it. No. <laughs> now you're just baiting me. I, I know that now. I'm gonna no, I'm not baiting you. That's, my, that's actually my, that's my prediction. I'm, I'm going to keep this going. Don't worry. I got another prediction for the next one. Look at the probabilities. That is, I mean, even with the sweep, SIU is positioned pretty well. The sweep by Loyola. Okay. All right. And then um, – Probably the most interesting Thursday um, implications one of maybe not for these two teams of getting out of Thursday, but more of what they can set other teams to do. Northern Iowa at Illinois State and just a spite pick. Northern Iowa's coming to Redbird Arena and sweeping. All right, so here's going to be my, my bold prediction of the weekend. Ready for this? No. Illinois State's going to win the first game. And they will go into Saturday with a legitimate chance to avoid Thursday. And they're going to lose on Saturday because that would be the Illinois state of this season. They will split. I mean, I think it's the right call. Um, I think they will split Illinois state and Northern Iowa has not had a good track record at Redbird arena. Yeah. I mean, here's the deal for me. So that is all 10 games. Um, we, we picked, um, honestly, I wish we, um, could have this conversation between Friday and Saturday with one game or with five games to play, uh, with all the probabilities, um, we will likely not re- release a podcast, but, um, I'm sure we will have some thoughts on Twitter, um, out there for all the fans, but it's way more fun when there's a, when there's only, uh, five games left than trying to do 10 because there's just so many things that you can play you can start talking to talking through will teams start sitting players for arch madness injury bugs um you know do you play a do you play a player because of uh you know maybe a team sitting on that cut line of uh getting getting out of the thursday night round so um it'll be fun so, valley twitter will be very fun um on friday night and saturday morning in my opinion can't wait All right, before we close out this show, a little programming note here of where our heads are at for future shows. So um, after this weekend's game and we have the bracket set, um, we will do just a, uh, a coverage of the games and all the implications on Sunday the 28th. We're going to release a podcast there, just like I said, covering the games. And then um, the week of the first, uh, sometime that week, we will be dropping the – March to the Arch, the actual one, and our Arch Madness preview show. We'll have some guests just to talk through um, Arch Madness happenings. We might talk about the venue, the environment, the games for sure, and we'll preview that. So just the normal one, uh, just like we've said in the past, this has been you know a good one. You know, if you're driving down to St. Louis or on the train or flying, if you're uh, coming in for Arch Madness, this is going to be the preview show for you to get you ready for Arch Madness. So with that, this has been episode 22 of the March to Arch podcast. We had Matt Hackman, who talked all the Arch Madness probabilities with 10 games to go. We 
we talked through the games of this past uh, Sunday and Monday, and we previewed the last 10 games. Baker, where can people find us? Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at March Arch Pod, at March Arch Baker, MarchArchPodcast.com. And you guys uh, keep sending your feedback. Love interacting with you guys. Can't wait to, uh, to watch some ball games this weekend. It's going to be such a fun weekend. Uh, look, really looking forward to it. All right, guys, we are 10 games out. And with that, go Valley. Start talking about the Valley. Why not?